it slices, it dices, it makes all your dreams come true. The Creators Collective provides information not only on woodworking, but metalworking, leather, electronics and more. But that's not all. It also comes with three hosts to answer all your creating questions. Now, listen along as James Wright, Zach Herberholtz and William Walker fumble through answering your questions live each Thursday morning. Listen in now and you can have this amazing podcast for the simple monthly installment of a Patreon subscription. But we're just getting started. And I do want to say thank you to our patrons, uh, particularly Master of None, Debbie Brooke, and Make, Build, Modify. You guys are what are helping us keep going. So thank you for that. Also, I do want to say thank you uh, to Jason Wright for helping us with the new intros. Uh, we're going to be having a little bit of fun with that in the future. So if you guys like that, uh, let us know. Um, yeah, we're having uh, <laughs> having a lot of fun here today. Zach, why didn't you uh, kick us off? What do you have going on? Oh, I haven't even thought about it. Uh, well, I have a cold for one, so. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, we can skip you and go to Will, and you can think about it. I can think about it. <laughs> Will, what you got? All right. Uh, well, I just got back from Germany on Friday and just trying to get caught up with everything. But I'm back in the shop working on a box-jointed medicine cabinet with uh, book-matched back panel and book-matched panel doors in the front out of curly cherry and some other Christmas gifts that I can't talk about. <laughs> curly cherry. Nice. Yeah. Some of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with Christmas person and a YouTube channel. Um, do you release the video before Christmas when it's <laughs> right? And then like you give it to whoever it's going to and it's like, yeah, that was actually for you, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and do a Christmas video here coming up. Um, actually, you know what? I, you're still talking about what's new with you. So how was Germany? Uh, Germ Germany was yeah. awesome. Uh, so we flew into Munich and then took the train to Lindau, which is on Bodensee, which is uh, Lake Constance, uh, which is right at the border of Austria and across the lake from Switzerland. So that was amazing. And then we rented a Mercedes and tried to take the Alpes, which is the Alpine road, to Fusen, where the fairy tale castle was. Um, but they had their first snow the night before. Are you just making these words up or are they real? <laughs> I, half the time I just stumbled through in Germany and just kind of went, hoxha, hoxha, hoxha. and uh, sometimes I got a beer. <laughs> sometimes I got a beer and sometimes I didn't. Um, but uh, then they had their first snow uh, the night before we rented the car. So I made the reservation and then it snowed and then we tried to take the Alpine road that was covered in snow and a real wheel drive Mercedes sports car. And, uh, we had to turn around. <laughs> uh, but then we went to Munich and I had a couple days while my wife was speaking at a conference. So I hooked up with, uh, Bill Sin. I don't know if you guys know him. Um, he's a Greek guy living in Munich and he's a member of a makerspace over there. So, uh, we got to have a little bit of shop time. Um, we glued up a blank to make a penny board, uh, skateboard, for him to ride around his office in. Uh, so that was fun. Got a little shop time in Germany and got to teach him how to use a bandsaw and change cool. bandsaw blades and stuff. So that's cool. Sounds like an awesome trip. That is yeah. high on my list. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Definitely do it. My only regret is that the – so in Germany, they're like all about Christmas because they don't have Thanksgiving to you know interrupt their fall. <laughs> so – Everything is Christmas there, and we just missed the Christmas markets, which were opening like the week after we were there. Now, that's one of the funny things with my, my wife was telling me, because uh, she spent a year in South Africa, um, and she's been back there a couple times. But uh, in other countries, it is not inappropriate to start Christmasing 
before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like how Christmasing is is a is a word. It's a it's yeah. a verb now. Whereas here in the United States, because we have Thanksgiving, we can't do anything about turning, it until after turning Thanksgiving. Turning nouns into verbs is like one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> I love verbing. Yeah. I'm gonna go couch. Right on. What are you working on, James? Well, I am. I'm working on. Uh, well, I'm finishing up. I, this last month, I put out 32 videos in 30 days. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'm insane. glad to be done with it. I, I uploaded the last video last night, and it should be going live here in about two hours, and I'll be done with the month of November. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> It was crazy. I got to say, uh, so I know you were doing it as a as an experiment to see if there's any um, growth or engagement in your channel, posting a video every day. Um, a, did you see a, a big spike? And B, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I watched most of them, I think. Um, and it was nice to just have these short videos with, you know, simple shop skills as you were doing them, you know, what to what does a dull chisel look like? You know, what does a dull chisel feel like? That was, I don't know, really enjoyable. So yeah, yeah. The two parts were one: do you, did you see growth, and two, it's just um, well, I, I did not see nearly as much as I expected. Uh, I, I actually, my subscriber growth was down big time. Um, it, it hurt the subscriber count, which I, I don't know exactly why. I didn't lose a lot of subscribers. I just didn't gain much. Um, and I think part of that was because most of the videos. Um, having that many videos so fast, the average view dropped through the floor. Whereas opposed to getting, you know, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 on an average regular video, I was getting 3,000, maybe 4,000. Um, and so that was kind of, that was surprising. Um, but because of putting out so many more, the total views and watch time for the for the channel was way up. Um, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be doing from here on out. I'm doing the three a week. What I had been doing that seems to be about the right mm -hmm. balance. For, for I, what I, I feel like November has been a weird month too, as far as YouTube. Like I put out, yeah. hands down, the most successful uh, video I've ever put out in the first two days. My uh, that C clamp bench that I did mm -hmm. with like uh, at Fabtech yeah. with Jimmy and all of, in April and all those people. That thing. I don't think I, I've never had a video. I think it hit like 40,000 views Whoa. the first day, which is just mind blowing for me. And then YouTube killed it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's still there, but it's just like not getting any views. It's really, really strange. And this is, I wanted to try, I also wanted to try something different this month. And cause normally I put out like a video every three weeks or so. Like it's cause most of my projects are, are big and they take a lot of time for me to, to build and edit and, um, that's always been my priority, but I thought, you know, this, this month I, I thought, you know, there's, there's enough products and small things that I make. I can put out some more videos and, and see how that does and see if the fans like it. And I think I've put out, I've, I've been consistent for three weeks, which is crazy for me. I put out a video every Saturday for the past three weeks, um, which I never would have thought that was possible for me to do. And, uh, they're doing okay, but they, you know, they do really well the first day and then, and then they, they, they stop. So it's, it's been kind of interesting. I think YouTube's up to some change in their, change in yeah. their system or something. This I, month, I usually but, see the first, yeah. you know, I'd say first four days of steady 
views and then after that it just kind of gets lost in the subscription feed like because it'll so even coming back from mm-hmm. uh the germany trip trying to get caught up on my videos that i like to watch and get inspired by it was like you know what was posted today what was posted yesterday and then like everything else and you're just lucky if you get to be a thumbnail on that everything else well i did get a few other things done this month other than just that uh, like the the spring pole lathe uh because i didn't finish that the last time we talked which that was absolutely, I have been in love with this thing. Um, Cause I, I've, I've played on a spring pole lathe before and it is, you know, a lot of people get sucked into the rabbit hole of running a lathe, but it's a very different thing to have a reciprocating lathe that goes both directions. And it kind of, it's, it's a whole different ball game and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. How would you even, <laughs> you know what? I never even thought about it. So I'm like, I'm really, I haven't even, I haven't talked about what's been new for me. Cause I had to like put it all into bullet points so that I could figure it out, but um, <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. But as I'm learning about turning wood, uh, how does that work on a spring pole? Do you cut up and down or do you only cut? No, you only cut in one direction. Okay. So 50% of the time you're cutting and 50% of the time it's just going the opposite okay. direction. Because I was going to say, how does the, how do the gouges work for cutting both directions? Yeah. No, it's uh, okay. it, it's kind of an interesting experience because um, it's it makes riding the bevel very easily easy because you're you can establish the bevel on the return stroke and then on the forward stroke engage it. Mm-hmm. And it, it it becomes very, very useful for things like skews. They, they become extremely easy to use. Uh, whereas uh, something like a a scraper or a uh, uh, a carbide tool uh, become far more difficult on it because on the rest- return stroke, rather than riding a bubble bevel, they actually bounce the scraper away from the wood, and so huh. you're you're always you're always fighting the, the the carbide bit to keep it in place. Uh, and so it's a it's it's a very different game. Interesting. Yeah, and scrapers, Zach, which you'll you're once you get into the rabbit hole of turning. Um, it's uh, mind blowing. And like, so the, the way that you hold a gouge and the way that you present a gouge to the workpiece with a, a gouge is you're kind of, you know, holding the handle down where a scraper, you kind of hold the handle up. Uh-huh. Um, Cause that's how you get, you have to think about it more like a card scraper yeah. than a, yeah. than a knife. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I've watched, I've been watching some Carl Jacobson videos, trying to, <laughs> trying to <laughs> yeah. figure stuff out. It's yeah, it's, there's definitely a learning curve, even just like it's, so I guess I'll, this is, this is as good of as any segue into what I've been up to lately. Um, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so since we missed last week, I put out um, the key, uh, a video on the key fobs that I sell, which is a lot of fun. I kind of, been kind of messing around with a little bit of some different video editing stuff and I don't know that I'll stick with it but it's just good experience for me to to try and shoot things in a different way this so that was I tried a little bit with the key fob video but I don't know if I've talked about it before um the lens that I shot that was the last video that I shot with my old lens which had like three quarters of the lens is like impregnated with weld spatter because <laughs> I never knew that UV shields were a thing. <laughs> so that lens is totally toasted. So after that video, I, uh, I went out and bought another lens and I also have like a 50 mil, uh, nifty 50 lens for my camera. So this next video I did, you guys can see it on my Instagram. I actually did like a metal wall art piece. That's I cut all these like 3d stuff out of, uh, steel and uh welded it out it's like a beach scene and um ground it all down and airbrushed it um 
But that video is kind of different. I'm shooting that with like, I'm trying to shoot that only with the 50 mil lens, which is really difficult in my shop because it's tiny <laughs> and you need some distance with that lens to get, you know, the object in, in view. So I'm shooting it with that and my GoPro. So we'll see how that, it might be terrible. Like I, I'm kind of nervous to edit the footage because <laughs> it could go either way. I'm like, I, I don't know how, how bad the, the, the footage is going to be. It's so much different from how I normally shoot, but that one I'm hoping to have out on Saturday. We'll see. Um, let's see. Uh, this last week I made a tote bag out of a uh, leather and some hound's tooth liner just for fun. Cause I got a new sewing machine, like a big industrial sewing machine. I don't know if you get, have you guys seen pictures of that thing? Uh, not the sewing machine. I saw the tote bag, which was awesome. Thanks. The, uh, the sewing machine, it's a sailwright fabricator. It's, it feels, it feels like a small block Chevy. Like it seriously has an oil pan in the bottom. Like I'll, I'll try and post a video or a picture of it. Like you push the machine over and there's like a full size, oil pan with like an oil pump and pickup. It's ridiculous. And it has like rocker arms on the side of the machine. It's a beast. So I, I think it'll, so the guy said that it'll, so like two stacks of 10 ounce leather, which is insane. Whoa. Like that would be hard to do with an all. So <laughs> Those are, are seriously a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a beast. So I made a, made a tote bag the other day just for fun. And I threw it up on my Instagram and auctioned it off and it sold for 300 bucks, which was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I use like probably $150 worth of material on it. So it's, it's really nice. But, um, and then like my Facebook and Instagram blew up and I sold four more bags that I haven't even started building yet. So that's kind of been my latest endeavor, but it's a lot of fun. It's totally, I don't know. I like, it's a, it's a good, you know, if you, if you're passionate about making stuff, and you don't feel like getting filthy, dirty and grinding, especially yeah. if you're doing metal fab. I mean, I, I come in and black every day. I look like a coal miner. So it's kind of nice that, uh, you know, come in, take a shower. And if you still feel like doing stuff, it's it's nice, clean environment. So that's that's been a fun. Leather working has a tendency to be very relaxing. It does. It's it's just quiet and, you know, you're not working with loud tools and, um, you know, you're kind of in the comfort of your own home. So it's, it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. I, I look forward to being able to incorporate uh, leather into like some of my bigger projects, but I'm kind of starting off small and graduating up and building the confidence and kind of building the skill set to where I feel like, okay, I can tackle some of the larger stuff. Yeah. I'd like to incorporate some leather into my woodworking, um, like leather handles on speaker boxes and yeah uh, things like that. Like I've been toying... Like I've been toying with the idea of making um, a guitar amp or like repurposing the guts of a guitar amp and making it out of like That'd be cool. a bourbon barrel yeah. or something. Yeah, with a with a leather cool. handle yeah. on it. Yep. But. And the other exciting thing, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram feed the other day, but so two days I'm expecting or I was expecting a, a lathe, a welding table and a drill press. And a big lift gate truck pulled up in front of my house. This is like two days ago. And like I recorded on my Instagram, like, here we go. And I walk up to the guy. I'm like, what do we got? What do we got? And he's like, this is actually for the neighbors. I'm like, oh, okay. I, as I step back, he like rolls up the door and it's a mobility scooter for my neighbors. So it was, it was like the most anticlimactic moment, but it was actually really funny. So I, I had a, I think it's, I should have saved the videos because I, 
thought they were hilarious, but uh, you could see you could see the moment of my disappointment when when uh, it wasn't all of those two tools. It was. I'm always talking about how old my neighbors are, and uh, it was just perfect. It couldn't have been a more perfect moment. But yesterday, I did get um, a Nova Galaxy lathe and their uh, Voyager drill press, which is incredible. I haven't drilled anything with it. I just spent the day trying to figure out how to get those two objects or those two tools into my shop somewhere. But uh, I, I set them both up and yeah, it's uh, the, the drill. Pr- I mean, the, the lathe is going to be cool, but I chucked up a block of wood and then turned it on. And I'm like, I have no gouges. I can't do anything but just watch this spin. So it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> the drill press is so cool. Like it's digital and See, I'm used to like the old cheapo um, porter cable where like anytime I switch between metal and wood, I have to like get in there and move the belts around and and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. which isn't that bad. But now I just have a knob Mm -hmm. I can just set it like whatever speed I want it to go. And it has like a digital depth thing. So, you know exactly how deep you're drilling. It's pretty incredible. I need one of those in my shop. (laughs) I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Uh, Grizzly's been working on a digital drill press, and I've been waiting and waiting for it. Uh, but apparently, research and development is slow. Apparently, they hit yeah. a snag or something, and so they haven't. It's. Still I'm prototypes. pretty excited about it. Cool. Well, you want to jump the, into some questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, first up, uh, Jonathan, uh, 24, one of our, our, he is always here live and listening and uh, a great channel to watch too. Uh, he asked uh, the, the, about the spring pole lathe. With it turning both directions, do you think it sharpens on the returning, uh, the returning stroke? Huh. Um, thought, uh, um, though the wood dulls, the, though wood dulls the tool um, faster than it can sharpen it. Yeah. He's basically asking, does it sharpen the tool on the returning stroke? Kind of like a strop would sharpen the bevel. And I think it would, um, other than the fact that whenever it rotates, it usually pushes the tool just a little ways away from the wood so it doesn't make contact, or it rolls the tool up a little bit um, so that the tip never really makes contact with the with the wood on the, re- the return stroker as much. So I'm guessing it does sharpen it a little bit, but nowhere near as much as it dulls it. So yeah, that would be nice though. Have a, a buffing <laughs> yeah. compound on the back. So every time <laughs> like it came per- around, it would rebuff the uh, piece you're working on. The perpetual sharpening. Yeah. The sharpening lathe. sharp tool. <laughs> I've been dying to know how, so with a spring pole lathe, can you turn bowls? Yes. Actually, that's one of the projects I'm going to be doing here soon. All right. I look forward to it. Um, you just have to glue on a, you have to um, glue on a mandrel that you can tie to. Okay. I got you. And so you have, you have a mandrel coming out of the middle of the bowl. And you just run it down as far as you can and then um, break it off and clean it. So what I'm, I'm curious, like I feel like since we're talking about, seem to be talking about lathes a lot in this uh, episode, <laughs> um, what kind of chuck systems like do, should you have? I mean, I know there's, so what I understand, there's kind of two, <laughs> two different facets of uh, turners. You have like your spindle turners and your bowl turners, which is similar, but but different, different set of tools. And I'm sure the chucks are different, but uh, like, what are the, what are the main chuck types that, that you need to be? I, I, I'm actually taking notes cause I don't know. I really like my Nova G2, uh, four jaw chuck. It's self-centering. Um, it's got the, the dovetail, uh, 
jaws on it. So like with bowl turning, you chuck up one side. I use a wormwood screw, which actually chucks up into that same chuck, um, turn the outside of the bowl. And then there's great debate in the turning world about um, whether to hold the bottom of the bowl with a recess uh, or a tenon. So I like to do a recess. So you cut, uh, you know, maybe a maybe three sixteenths in um, to the bottom, the size of the chuck jaws, and then you flip it over, and then the chuck jaws expand into that recess and hold the the bowl blank on, so you can hollow the mm-hmm. middle without a without a live center. So that's and like so when you, when people use um when I see people like actually using like a drill bit to do mm-hmm. stuff like that goes in the tailstock, right? Yeah, Obviously. that's a, a Morse taper Jacobs kind of- chuck. Morse taper two, I believe. I'm not sure what the Nova takes, um, but it's a Jacobs chuck. I have like I, I'm I'm gonna need to start small because I have this this giant stool project that that I designed like three months ago. That's pretty much the reason I got this lathe. Um, now, the problem with the lathe is you're gonna end up doubling the amount of tools in your shop in the matter of the next couple months. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm scared about that. But uh, I today my goal is like I have a cold today, so I don't feel that great, but. I need to, I have so many orders that I need to ship out. I was going to go last week and, uh, to the post office. And then I just, I put out that key fob video and I started getting so many orders that I'm like, I'll just wait until this calms down and it hasn't. So I just need to, it's my, my goal for today is to run to the post office, get all this stuff in the mail for everybody and come back and clean my shop. Cause although that corner of my shop with the uh, lathe and drill press looks nice and clean, um, what the picture on my Instagram does not show is the rest of my shop, which looks like a hoarder's garage. Like it's just, there's crap piled on i can't use any tool in my shop right now <laughs> other than the drill press or the lathe that i have no tools for <laughs> like my table saws buried so that's that's my goal today is to get everything cleaned up so that i can actually work again well speaking of uh lathe tools um diy custom woodworks asks uh, any good recommendations for learning to sharpen lathe tools on a slow speed grinder Ooh, uh i guess that's me since since <laughs> probably because i don't use a slow speed yeah. grinder and i don't have any tools <laughs> yeah all right so that's me yeah and that's your your buying list too <laughs> um so a lot of people in the woodworking and the wood turning world will suggest the wolverine jig, jig by one way um and i have that jig and it works really really well um it's pretty expensive. It's a hundred dollars for the jig. And then I think it's like $80 for the attachments to the jig. Um, but power tech P O W E R T E C, uh, makes a knockoff, <clears throat> pardon me, a knockoff, um, that they sell on Amazon. And actually I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes. Um, and it's the exact same thing. And it, uh, Basically, it's a like if you're doing an Irish grind on a bowl gouge, which is the swept back wings on a bowl gouge, so you can get more cutting surface um, and use it kind of like a scraper. It uh, you put the the gouge into this basically screw down hold down system, uh, and then it's got a little tail on it, and that pivots in this cradle, and it gives you a really consistent grind every time. Um, so I would invest in one of those for sharpening i used to sharpen freehand um, on my slow speed grinder and it's really easy to ruin a gouge 
this instead of sharpening it, which can be really, really frustrating. So invest in that, invest in a jig. <laughs> that's my, that's my tip. Yeah. You can make jig, but they just always a little sloppy. Yeah. I'll free, I'll freehand sharpen with my super slow speed wet grinder, my 110 RPM wet grinder. Um, but that's just because I can just do touch-ups. But if I'm putting a new edge on a tool, I always go to the jig on the slow speed grinder. Can you use the, um, cause I do have a slow speed grinder. Uh, can you use the, the white wheels on there or do you need the fancy metal ones that are perfectly no i use the white wheels um you're talking about the cb you're talking about the cbn wheels are the uh the fancy sure whatever those are. yeah the (laughs) The, those are the metal ones the metal ones with the diamond grits on it that stay cool those things look awesome like i you know like i i have a hard time dressing my wheels properly i feel like no matter how much i like how long i sit there and no matter how like how bad the visibility gets in my shop from that white dust exploding all over the place like i i feel like i still i can never quite get it to where there's not like a little bit of a chatter like when i'm sharpening stuff not bad but enough to make me you know curious which kind of dresser are you using are you using the you know like the two inch wide the little you know, old school Gillette looking wheel dressers. It just looks like an old razor. Blade, yeah. Yeah. Sort yeah, of. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've never had really that much of a problem. Um, I don't know. Maybe just, maybe she, you should invest in a new wheel. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe just get better at doing things. I guess. Yeah. Is there, is there <laughs> what I need to focus? Is there on. any run out on the Arbor of your grinder? I know I had to like, it, I don't think it's the grinder, but I've heard that. I remember when I set it up, some people said that sometimes you have to like shim, the uh the wheel a little bit to get it to to run true and i think i had to do that just a hair yeah so the the flange that sits on your grinder to tighten down you know the you know when you tighten down the nut there's a Mm -hmm. flange on it um i've read that there is if you rotate that tighten it down turn it on if there's still a wobble rotate it a little bit more um that those can be you know not machined perfectly flat so it can actually put a tilt on your on your wheel. So, so I've read that if just fiddling with that, like if you mark, you know, 12 o'clock on both the flange and the wheel, and then just rotate it and to find that kind of equilibrium, that balance, um, mm-hmm. you might be able to, you might be able to eliminate, um, the wobble. I feel like I'm just, if, if that's the issue, I'm just going to sell it and buy something that's made better. <laughs> like, like i feel like if 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 like if you have a grinder like it's kind of supposed to be a precision instrument i mean you're sharpening you're sharpening <laughs> blades to the the best point you can possibly sharpen them like and if your tool for creating tools is not machined properly i feel like i should have just spent more money and gotten a better one i mean i think i have the rikon slow speed grinder which it's not like a it's not a harbor freight grinder but um, I don't know. I, I don't want to deal with like trying to fix something that should, shouldn't need to be fixed. <laughs> See, and, and that's, that's kind of funny because, um, in, you know, in my world, the grinder is like the sledgehammer of sharpening, you know, it's, yeah. it's the nuclear option. Uh, yeah. cause that's one of the interesting things with, with the, with the, the slower, um, foot powered lathe <clears throat> is you really need the tip to be far sharper than what you can get on a grinder. Because uh, you need that, you need that true cutting edge. The grinder, you know, it, it's still a, it's still a good option, but you'll get far better life with a with a diamond paddle or something like that. To so, out of curiosity, James, do you have any idea what kind of like RPMs you typically turn on a spring pole lathe? Yeah, it depends on the uh, it depends on the size of the spindle you have the cord wrapped around. 
if like when I was doing pin turning, the spindle was about three quarter inch in diameter, um, I would get about nine revolutions per stroke and I could do two and a half to three strokes a second. Um, so if you do the math, it came out to like uh, 1600 RPM. Holy crap. Um, wow. yeah, 1600 RPM one way and then 1600 wow. RPM the other way. So you're actually doing around 3000 RPM. Um, that is so much more than I expected speed. from, um, but for like most spindle turning, you're wrapping around something about two inches in diameter. And in that case, you're only getting about three wraps. So you're probably getting a max speed for around 700 RPM. Wow. Still that's, I mean, the fact that when you're doing your cutting, you're getting what 15 yeah. or more, that's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really quick and easy to adjust. It's just uh, how big your your spindle is. You have the cord wrapped around. Huh? Crazy. That's scary. <laughs> the first <Yeah>. time. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if I'm doing a bowl, I'm probably gonna be wrapping around something that's like three inches in diameter. I might only get two revolutions, and it have a max speed of a, a bowl at like five hundred. Okay. Yeah. Because huh. the the first time I I put a big uneven unbalanced bowl blank on my lathe, thinking yeah, this is going to be awesome. And I didn't have any weight on the bottom and I turned it on to the slowest speed that my Harbor Freight lathe uh, is, which is 600 RPMs. And it walked across, my lathe walked across the room and it scared the the, <laughs> the crud out of me. Yeah. And see, that's the other, that's the other crazy thing about the, the spring pole lathe is the RPM can be whatever I want at any moment. I can make it three RPM one second and the next moment make it a thousand RPM. And the next moment, take it to 500 RPM and whatever I want, just with how fast I move my foot. Yeah. And so the smaller things are automatically a large, uh, faster RPM, whereas the, the larger things are automatically a slower RPM. It, it's it's <laughs> kind of a cool system. <laughs> yeah. What uh, I, I haven't caught up on on all your videos. What what have you made on that thing so far? Uh, let's see. I made a mallet. I made ice cream scoops. I've made a pin. Um, I made, um, faces for a mallet. Um, just a bunch of little practice pieces. I've got another carving mallet I'm about to make. I'm going to do some, uh, I have some letter opening kit that I'm going to be doing here soon. A little bit of everything. I got a bowl I want to do next week. I think we just, I think I just read my new favorite joke in the entire, in the entire history of corny woodworking jokes. <laughs> yes. Anybody want to the chat? Do the I didn't see it. It's our joke of the week segment. <laughs> okay. All right. Can I, can I do it? <laughs> yeah, please. All right. Okay. All right. Did you hear about the woodworker who died when he fell into a vat of varnish? It was a terrible end, but a beautiful finish. <laughs> that's so good that's the best one i think we've ever had oh, i had that fantastic. one is the, the the guy who drank a gallon of shellac what's that oh the guy who thing. drank a gallon of shellac that's that's great that's my favorite <laughs> well uh, we do have one other question um benny woodworks asks i don't know if any of you have if any of you have or would work with a drum sander um, but I just got one and I'm wondering while making a frame for a panel door, would you route your profiles before or after the sanding? Uh, well, I, I haven't used a drum sander, but I've been pestering Grizzly to send me one for a while and they haven't yet. Um, but I would assume that that wouldn't have anything to do so that the drum wouldn't affect the routed profile because that would be. You know, let's say you're, you're doing an OG profile. Um, the the sanding drum wouldn't touch that, so I, w I would think it would be moot. 
the point would be moot. I, I would, I would uh, theoretically, I would do the sanding after before because if you think about it, just I'm just just imagine like a chamfer or something just in your mind. So if you if you cut, well, actually, say around. Say you're just going to do around on something. If you round it and then do a lot of sanding, it's actually going to push into what you did with the router. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do enough sanding, I think typically it wouldn't be an issue, but just out of, you know, just based on theory, I would think that you would actually want to do your sanding before you do your routing or most of your sanding. Because yeah. if you route, you know, if you route a round over something and, and then take off, just to exaggerate the point to, to paint the picture, say you do your round over bit and then you uh, sand a quarter of an inch, not that you'd ever sand that much, but obviously you're going to have less of a round over in that spot because you sanded into the the piece so i've always viewed the drum sander as the the final pass of the thickness planer so you know you you thickness plane your material and then you run it through the drum sander to get rid of any tracks from the thickness planer and bring it to its final thickness and then you do all of your your joinery and your detail work but uh i've never owned one so (laughs) (laughs) yeah if johnny brook were here yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) oh uh can i make a little announcement for any listeners absolutely yeah so um this weekend anybody in the virginia area central virginia specifically or uh dc maryland north carolina west virginia um paul jackman of jackman works and i are host yeah we're hosting a meetup at um Hackett Enterprises, which is this ginormous – it's a mom-and-pop thing. It's just one guy, Glenn Hackett, and his wife, Bobby, um, that run it. But he's an arborist that has a mill on the side, and he's got tens of thousands of board feet of cut, dried, live-edge slabs. Um, this place is amazing. But um, So we're hosting a meetup from 10 to 2. If you are interested in showing up um, – you can uh, send me an email at uh, so it's info at wmwalkerco.com and I can get you all the details and the address and all that. Sweet. You're making me want to cool. drive out for it. It's only 14 <laughs> hours away. Yeah, I wish I were closer. Yeah. Um, and so there's a pretty good turnout so far. I think there's maybe like 15 guys that are definitely coming and uh, maybe more. I don't know. But anyway. So if you're in the area, come on out. You guys, side note, are you guys excited about uh, taxes coming up? What, what about taxes? What, doing the quarter or doing next year or doing just, this year? Just year's. Paying, paying your taxes for the end of the year. It's exciting. Oh. It's oh, always yeah. fun. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys pay quarterlies? No. Uh, yeah. I do not. That's yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You're lucky. Uh, it's awful. I'm not organized enough. <laughs> so, um, cool. We want to talk right. about what we're reading this week. Yeah. Uh, Will, you're at the top of the list. Oh, um, I'm watching uh, James Wright of Wood by Wright. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he does a lot of hand tool woodworking. Uh, and he Sounds did... Like Chromey Channel. Yeah, he just did uh, uh, a video like every day in the month of November. And so I've been watching a lot of him, a lot of great tips. And he's got cool clogs too. I think I've heard of that guy. <laughs> you still wearing those things? Oh, yeah. No, they're extremely nice. comfortable. And I get a lot of people who are uh, – a lot of arguments start over those clogs because <laughs> um, people who d- immediately think, wow, that's got to be uncomfortable. I'm like, no, they're actually carved to fit my foot, so they're they're really comfortable. So and, something and I noticed they, in a video, and that would drive me nuts, you were planing something. Uh, oh, you're making the drawing bow, 
and you were planing that thin stock. Oh, it yes. Looked like you were, it looked like you were slipping all oh, over the I, shop. I, like you didn't I, have any grip. I should have cut that out of that video, but um, no, that day the leather on the bottom of my clogs um, came off. Uh, and and uh, so I have all the sawdust on the floor on a concrete floor with wooden shoes. Um, and so I was sliding around a good bit, and I've, I've since glued more leather back on there. All right. You know, as good soon save. as sawdust or, or chips get on the floor, they, they slide quite easily. <laughs> For me, I was watching a video this week, um, and uh, I, I was rather disgusted by it. Uh, it was it – was, uh, this guy took <laughs> a bunch of uh, wood, and he made this manly leg <laughs> and put a light bulb on top. Um he made a uh, uh, Paul Jackman from uh, Jackman Works made a, uh, a leg lamp from A Christmas Story, but with a manly twist. And it was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, we did it with uh, with Carolina boots on and uh, a leather lamp. And very very cool. Um, <laughs> I think I think I would have picked that one if you hadn't. But if if I could recommend you watch one video for the rest of the year of 2017, watch Paul Jackman's leg lamp video because it's. Yeah. It's the it's just the best idea I think I've seen artistically phenomenal all year. It's it's just brilliant on like so many fronts. I'm, I wonder how many times he's just gotten a comment fragile. I bet he's probably heard that like a million times. Yeah. Um, let's see. For me, I just came across this. I don't watch a whole lot of YouTube, but every night you know I, I try when I can. But um, I came across this guy uh, Peter Sripole or Sripole. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, he did a video on a uh, Nerf powered steam gun. Yes. It was really, really cool. Just the the way this guy's mind works and it, it's, it's uh, pretty entertaining. So that's, that's what I, that's one of the ones that I watched. And uh, right now I'm reading, I can't remember what I just finished, but I just started reading tribes uh, by Seth green, which is just kind of a, I don't know, kind of a markety mark marketing ish. I don't. I can't noun verb that one. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right so far. Not not crazy about it, but it's it's worth reading at this point. So cool. Uh, favorite tool of the week. What do you, what about you guys? For me, I'm going all techie and going with uh, Google Home. Um, I had uh, I I tried out the Alexa and it works fairly well, but uh, Google Home is just miles ahead. Um, and I we've completely redone our our house with. Uh, smart outlets and lights and switches and, and it is, it's phenomenal. Um, I've just been having fun and the kids have been having a lot of fun and I can't say it right now because otherwise I'm going to have things suddenly go off in the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, Google home. Uh, I use it in the shop. Uh, like when I'm recording videos, I can just tell it to, you know, pause the music while I run a, a clip and then I'll start the music back up or turn lights on off. And I can, I can say, um, you know, uh, what's my favorite one? Uh, the, uh, uh, turn on artistic setting so that I have one raking light running across my bench and I can have it automatically turn on that light and off that light. That's insane. So staying there talking. I don't really know. I think it's funny because we're, we're like totally opposite. Like you're all old school in the shop and all high tech at home and I'm (laughs) high tech in the shop and old school in the home. So like, I don't even know what that stuff does. So like what you said, you can just say like pause the music or turn off. Like, is that its own, music player or uh, well it's connected to my account and so it knows um like i'll tell it to i'll tell it to play one of my playlists and i'll just name it what's it um, play through is it like its own speaker or 
Or... Yeah, there's, the Google Home has its own speaker, and it comes in three different versions. There's the Mini, which is just like this little puck. The music is eh, okay, um, but it's it's like $20. Um, right now it's on sale. And then there's the Google Home, the main one, which actually has really good sound. A little bit heavy on the bass, but uh, it fills a room really nicely. What? What would be a good one for my shop? Because I have to. I, one of the things I have to do well, to make room for these as you tools are a music guy, there's the Google Home Max, which is <clears throat> pricey, but the the sound quality is like having an orchestra in your garage. It is absolutely incredible. Huh. Um, just it is the best single speaker system I have ever heard. This totally sounds like we're being paid to to advertise this, <laughs> 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 but. Uh, um, looks like William Walk. Yeah, William uh, just crashed his computer, so uh, he'll hopefully be with us when we finish up here in a minute. But no, I had to. I, I've had like this gigantic PA system in my garage that I've just lugged around for the past like five years, and it's way overkill for my shop. And I have to get rid of it because now with the tools that I have, I just don't have room for it. Yeah. So I, I just want something that's small that I can listen to music in my shop. Yeah. You would, so you would like the, the, the Google home regular then it's a, it, it's got good sound quality and it's just so easy to just, you know, say, you know, stop music and then start music. Nice. And it, it picks up on your, um, on your playlists and your, your system. So, um, my favorite tool got? of the week is, uh, the Nova Voyager drill press that I just put together yesterday. I am so excited to not have to deal with belts. And so I bought, I bought the drill, the old drill press that I have from some like machine shop and somebody drilled, you know, like the tables, like move around somebody like drilled through the table. So there's a hundred holes in an arc across the table. Yeah. Yeah. So my old one has like somebody, somebody drilled like halfway through the table with like a one inch drill bit. I don't know how I don't like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, how do you not put a sandbag on the arm and just let it run? Yeah. Especially with, especially with like that large of a bit. So I don't know. It's, it's nice to just have something that's nice and new and clean in my shop because almost nothing in my shop is new and or clean. So I think that about does it for this week. It has been, Oh wait, Oh, will you back? Oh, you're back just in time. Ah, What's your your favorite tool of the week? (laughs) Oh, my favorite tool? Um, I will go ahead and put that grinding jig on um, as my favorite tool because now I want to turn something. Well, you had the simple box joint jig, and we tried to do our best to explain what that is. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, so the simple box joint jig, I was making that uh, the box joint cabinet, um, and I instead of making a whole crazy elaborate jig i just took my miter gauge from my table saw and uh, screwed a sacrificial board to the face of that made a cut with the dado stack moved it over the thickness of the box joint finger um, and then uh, put a little key in that first slot Um, and it's really really effective and i put it together in like five minutes so yeah. I'll probably do a video. Nice. I'll probably do a video on it just because uh, it's like a keep it simple, stupid solution to box joint jigs. I did. I did one of those a while ago on my uh, a crosscut sled video, and I made a box joint jig that's detachable that you can just screw on there. Oh, cool. Well, I think that wraps it up, huh? Yeah, that's about it for this week. Uh, so I do want to say again a huge thank you to the patrons on Patreon, uh, particularly uh, Master. <clears throat> 
excuse me, <laughs> swallowed a bug. Master of None, Debbie Brooke, and Make Build Modify. And uh, we'll be back here every Thursday at, uh, what is it, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And if you want to join us live and have your questions, you can do so at our YouTube channel, The Creators Collective. So uh, that's about it for today. Until next time, see ya. Take care. Adios. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.